When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Franny Benali, and you're listening to In That Number. And then they lift one over the top for Danny Ings. He's in the box. Oh, onto his left foot. It's brilliant. Oh, it's a Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, In That Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to InThatNumberPodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of ITN in that number 99, The Nightmare Before Christmas. This week, we have a double match review to go over. Wednesday night's trip to the Emirates, where we faced free-falling Arsenal, and Saturday's huge home fixture against Manchester City. We shall also be previewing our Boxing Day clash in the capital, where we take on Fulham. With me, as always, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milberton, and Tim Bizance. Firstly, Kevin, how are you? Um, feeling a little worse for wear. Uh, mm. Landed a few beers yesterday during our annual poker tournament. Yep. Tried duly lost this time. He did, yeah. Unlucky. Yeah. Congratulations to Ollie. Yeah, he did well. I finished third. That was like my, my highest in, in years, I think. So I was quite pleased with that. Oh, well done. Um, Tim, how are you? I'm exhausted. Lots going on here. You're, you're moving, aren't you? Uh, we just bought a place. So. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. That'll be, fun. That'll be chaotic, but also a great opportunity to step up in the world of adulting. <laughs> Not really a fan of it, but it's got to be done at some point in time. And we found a great place. The price was right. And we're moving here towards the end of uh, January or early February. Whereabouts is it? Is it far from where you are now? I live right next to Duke University's campus, and I'll actually be moving about nine miles, eight and a half miles south of here towards Chapel Hill, which is where the University of North Carolina's campus is at. I'll be probably about eight or ten blocks from there. So I'm no longer walking to uh, walking to work, but I will be able to Psycho. walk to a lot of amenities. Yeah, it's that's not that easy. <laughs> Roads aren't that great in North Carolina to be able to to bike all the way. Before we go any further, um, Tim, I want to tell you something about Kevin. Oh, God. I don't want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no-good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood... 
sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit he is. Hallelujah. Holy shit. I might be fat, but I'm not bug-eyed. <laughs> okay, actually, I've got a bit of um, news for you. I don't know if you know, but uh, I landed a consulting job advising the UK government on COVID prevention. Yeah? How did that go? Uh, not very well. It all ended in tears. <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's got more it's got a better response than my jokes anyway so yeah. um right okay so we will go into the itn news then this is itn in that number news yeah not not a huge lot of news going on this week other than you know the obvious games that we will cover anyway um but the premier league has once again denied the use of five subs in a fresh attempt uh, this thursday just gone uh, a fresh vote from the premier league managers they need 14 vote majority but they fail to reach that but there's a concussion substitute trial which could be introduced next month so you'll be allowed to, you know two extra subs if you fail uh, concussion protocol um of course the opposition will be allowed to match those changes also uh what, what do you what do you think of this guys oh there, there was that clash wasn't there it was david Luiz and other wolves player uh, uh raul, raul jimenez or jimenez yeah, yeah yeah that was nasty and Luiz managed to play on the rest of the half despite being concussed yeah um and yeah jimenez was stretched off so yeah it's this it's dangerous uh, other sports are, are doing it I guess they've got protocols to stop it from being abused. It seems to work well there. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I just, you'd hope that this is, this is a good thing though, isn't it? They need to be doing something like this. January fixtures and uh, kickoff times have been announced now. Our first game of 2021 will be at home to defending champions Liverpool on Monday the 4th of January, 8pm. Five days later, another home tie. This time that third round FA Cup clash with Shrewsbury Town. That's Saturday the 9th, 8pm kickoff. Then we head to Leicester on Saturday the 16th, another 8pm kickoff, before heading to Ellen Road. Did I say Ellen? Ellen Road. You didn't say Belland. No, that's probably what I was doing, see. Uh, <laughs> Ellen Road uh, on Wednesday the 20th of January, that's 6pm kickoff. Uh, and then the return of Arsenal on Tuesday the 26th, 8.15 kickoff, before rounding off January with a home game against Villa on the 30th. So just those fixtures again. Monday the 4th, Liverpool at home, 8pm kickoff, live on Sky. Saturday the 9th, Shrewsbury Town at home, 8pm kickoff, live on BT. Saturday the 16th, Leicester away, 8pm kickoff, live on BT. Wednesday the 20th, Leeds United away, 6pm kickoff, live on Sky. Tuesday the 26th, Arsenal at home, 8.15 kickoff, live on BT. And then Saturday the 30th, Aston Villa at home, 8pm kickoff, live on Sky. Very busy month, January. Six oh, games, yeah. four of them at home. Away trips to Ellen Road and the King Power. Um, yeah, I, I love this time now because, you know, lots of games. It can make or break your season, really, can't it? And I guess we'll know by the end of January just how good we are and how big our squad is to deal with all this. And, and you know, don't forget, if we progress in the Cup, we'll have you know, next to no time to recover. And it will just be a case of, do we, do we want a Cup run? Or shall we keep the pressure on, on you know, the league and have a real stab at European football. Yeah, I mean, Ralph hasn't really done particularly well in, in the Cups historically. So you probably wouldn't think that he's going to prioritise the Cups. 
But yeah, if we do make a good run, Shrewsbury's a great tie. Um, yeah, play it right, and we're pretty much certain to be in the next round. Yeah, we've just got to watch out for those uh, suspensions as well, haven't we? Because we need all the players. Um, Kev, it's that time of year again. It's the transfer roundabout. No way. Should we jump on? All right. Yes, the January transfer window approaches. It's time for conjecture and, and rumour flooding our news for the next month or so. Um, the only interesting one that I would like to bring up is, is the left-back cover for Ryan Bertrand and Tim. Uh, Brandon Williams is continuing to be linked with a move, a loan move in January. Yeah, he'd be really good. I, I don't think he'd be cover. I think he'd supplant uh, Bertrand just because... I think he's got the 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 it factor when it comes to the pace, when it comes to the play style, and uh, he, he's he's got it. I like it. I do. Um, I've heard another one, Kev. I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, I don't know how strong this is, but I heard Zinchenko. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, that would be quite exciting, young Ukrainian. But um, is this on loan or on a plan? I've not heard anything i just thought all I, all I did was saw a brief thing about zinchenko the saints and i thought oh i'll stick that on the rumor mill yeah okay. i imagine i imagine it'll be lame well again just as as cover i mean is that, is that a move up for him i don't know well he ain't playing at city is he at the moment so it's on the bench last time uh have we got any more interesting transfer speculation rumors anything um i mean we can make one up can't we yeah we could yeah loan moves for mohammed salah yeah i heard that one too kev yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think the only one is the outgoing Danny Ings, but um, his injuries may well just keep <laughs> keep him at Saints. Maybe, maybe yeah, that's a good thing. And speaking of injuries, uh, Tim, one brand new injury uh, to be slightly concerned about: Danny Ings' hammy. Once again, we we haven't heard any reports out yet on him. Um, but he came out in the 40th minute or 41st minute of the game, most recent against Man City. We'll find out what happens, but I believe because they knew right away to take him out, they were, he was he probably told them then probably the 30th minute that he's going to try and push push on maybe till halftime. But he, they didn't. Uh, they he said he couldn't play anymore, and so that's why Tella came in. Precaution. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely better safe. I guess the other injury, I guess that we've. It's always been there for a while now. Uh, Theo Wilcott has broken his third medical, has just his carpal on his left hand. He broke it during the Newcastle game, and I finally recognized. I was like, "Wait, why is he wearing the uh, why is he wearing that wrap on his left hand?" He's been playing with a broken uh, finger effectively for the last month or so, and so if you ever take a look at his left hand, you'll see a nice big wrap. But beyond that, it obviously isn't affect his ability to play. Chicken wrap. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely chicken wrap. Um, but he he played on through that Newcastle game. It like happened halfway through the Newcastle game or something, didn't it? And um, yeah. he just played, battled on through. Yeah. Yeah, they they splinted it real quick and a lot on the play. NHL style there. I like it. Yeah. Just using the pain as a motivator. <laughs> he probably, literally, he probably wasn't feeling it at that time or the entire game because the adrenaline was flowing through him. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Okay then, Arsenal from Wednesday the 16th of December 
Going in then, Mikel Arteta, of course, in all sorts of trouble, uh, beaten 1-0 at home to Burnley last Sunday. Uh, only 13 points from 12 games, um, and they've, they've not lost four in a row at home since 1959. And they've only scored 10 goals from 12 games, which is their lowest return since 1981. Wow. Um, but our record at Arsenal is not good at all. Arsenal unbeaten there in the last 25 league games, with our last win coming back. November 1987. But this time around, 1-1. Uh, opening the scoring was Theo Walcott on the 18th minute. And the equaliser was from Pierre-Marek Aubameyang on the 52nd minute. Um, 11, unchanged again then. McCarthy, Walker-Peters, Bednarik, Vestergaard, Bertrand, Armstrong, Ward-Prowse, Romeo, Walcott, Ings and Adams. Tim, we discussed in our preview last week about the possibility of mass changes because of you know, the double game week. So were you surprised with the selection then? Because, you know, no changes. Surprised? No. Would have preferred yes. I made the bold prediction to start Lulu, and I didn't think he was. they were going to keep the entire straight 11. I thought they were going to rotate a little bit more, especially the outside attacking midfielders and maybe even potentially Danny Ings, uh, which I would have really liked, now seeing in hindsight what, with what happened. Um, but overall, I wasn't surprised. I would just pre- would have preferred otherwise. And maybe it was just like he felt we get those three points against Arsenal, then we can make more changes against City because you know we're not expected to beat City anyway. But just have a real go at Arsenal, get those three points on the board, and then make some changes for City. But of course, it didn't work out that way, did it? Um, but Kev, you've got to be happy with the selection again, though, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know as those games are becoming more frequent, there are going to have to be changes, like we saw yesterday. But, um, yeah, if he thinks they're all fit enough, why not? Would you have taken Romeo out of this one? Because, you know, he was one booking away from suspension at that point. That might have been sensible, yeah. But um, I don't know. I think you just want to play him as much as you can. And he was quite good against City. was, yeah. Um, the bench, then, was Forster, Stevens, Gineppo, Lulu, Diallo, Redmond, Salisu. We go into the game. First half uh, dominated the opening proceedings in terms of possession anyway. Just another another solid performance. Theo was looking sharp at the moment. He did against City as well, I thought. That's, you know, the usual hard-working press. Arsenal struggled to keep hold of the ball. Um, and then, of course, the breakthrough came quite early. Kevin, um, talk us through that Walcott goal. Yeah, I mean, it's a, another lovely ball from Yannick Vestergaard that uh, finds... Che on the halfway line and yeah he's got Ceballos and um, Gabriel on him but he manages to, to wrestle them off keep ball and um, get a cracking pass forward to Theo makes a beautiful run through the channel and um, chips burnt Leno to make it 1-0 I confess I thought he'd bottle that <laughs> well I think it all happened so quickly that he sort of did it instinctively, I think. He, I don't think he has uh, instincts in front of goal. That's my point. Yeah, I, I think, you know, he's one of, the, one of those players that if he's got an extra second to think about it, he'll end up fucking up. Yeah. Uh, but it just seems True. like, yeah, all, all, automatic. Tim, anything to add on that goal? Che has been doing this time and time again now. Yes, all yes. of his assists are because of hold-up play or because of a quick turn or because of just to be able to do the playthrough. That is one thing that I did not expect from him when we did sign him. I expected him to be able to have those types of goals that Danny Ings had. Where well, they he had never had that at Birmingham, shot. did he? He never did no. that hold-up play at Birmingham. So you're right. Yeah, it wasn't that sort of player that we thought we were going to get. It's a, compl- it's, it's a complete setup difference than I expected from him. And his ability to have the hold-up play, 
do a quick turn, have that quick pass. His through balls are fantastic. I am that's even more so uh, great for Che than it is for uh, for Theo. I, you expect Theo to be able to make that make that cha- uh, make that make the goal there, but Che looks fantastic, and I love that, that the goal's on him. So great great job. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, much more than just a replacement for Charlie Austin, right? Yes. Oh God, yes. <laughs> He's got everything better than Charlie Austin at the moment. Um, maybe not his mouth. Tim, Arsenal stepped up, I thought, for the last 15 minutes of that half. They kind of grew into the game. Um, there was a moment when Ceballos went down in the box, which was checked by VAR. Um, and there was a moment as well when Saka put in a dangerous cross. They they were threatening, and they kind of upped the tempo a bit just before the half. Yeah, they turned it on. They have talent. They've got... They've got everything that you would want, at least thinking on paper, to be able to make the concerned effort to get back into the game. Uh, they've got a great attacking lineup. They've got a great attacking coach, or at least what they uh, he's you know that's what he thinks he is is a great attacking coach. Um, it, it just looked like they were pressing on high, and I was I was scared nonetheless. You know, just going one goal up against them. That doesn't that doesn't mean we're able to sit pretty. It's not West Brom. We can be like, oh, we can feel a little bit more comfortable. No, nope, you expect more or something coming back from them. At any point in time, a bombing can be a, become a bombing. At any time that they could, you know, they could bring on a winger or just throw the creativity in. You just you, you couldn't sit easy at that time. No, and you know, I was expecting the halftime chat to be about Arsenal's form, which has always been the main narrative and the build up to this as well. Um, but Kev, did you think we were worth the lead, or could you sense Arsenal get, you know, were going to get some reward? Um, definitely. I think we were the better team in that first half. Um, we just seemed to control the game. I mean, they had a few, sh- you know, a few, a few shots, but I mean, they weren't really troubling us at all. I mean, it just seemed seemed in complete control. I wasn't at all worried going into halftime. I thought, you know, we could come out, you know, two 0 two one. Yeah. Half time, 58% to us, to Arsenal's 43% was their lowest possession at home in a half. So that just tells you how well we were playing. Um, and we had uh, six shots to their five, two each on target. So, yeah, I think we were well worth the lead in the first half. Although, as I said, Arsenal did, they did start to come back at us. Um, in the second half, Tim, I think started better for Arsenal. Uh, they've seen lots of the ball until they had that goal, you know, 51 minutes in at Bama Yang. Nice little one-two with Nketiah. Yeah. All started from Saka, didn't it, down then? It just looked too easy for him. That's their, and that's their creativity that came back. You know, you don't expect them to be able to not sit back and just and go for it. They're, they're under pressure not only to be able to get results, but to also, you know, to get goals and to look good. So there's a high expectation there. And... Bamiang definitely uh, he he took it he took it from a great team play that Arsenal is known to have and that was the, the that was the equalizer. Yeah, and Kev, that graphic popped up again about the points dropped from winning positions. Uh, I would do with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know this this half I felt was was more crucial now and how can we react to that after suffering a blow that we probably didn't deserve? I, I, th- I think we deserved it. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but no, we were yeah we were we were we were off on the second half. We were quite happy to sit back and let them play through us and play through they did. I mean, how many players did Saka manage to outrun in the lead up to that goal? Ridiculous. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I don't know, Yannick Vestergaard showing that his lack of pace is, you know, still still, still a problem there. That's always going to be a problem, I feel. But um, the the Arsenal red, Gabriel off for pulling on Walcott. <laughs> Maybe I'll rephrase that. Pulling down. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely leave that in. Uh, um, and as you put it, Kev, uh, 
more cards than Clinton's. <laughs> yes, like seven red cards now that Arteta's had, and he hasn't even played the full season. Though. Yeah, it's quite a lot. Red card, stupid. Oh, yeah, I mean, it, I just, it's not a horrifically egregious foul, but it's a stupid thing to do when you're already on a booking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but Theo was, he was onto something. Mako um, spotted a great opportunity to um, play the goal kick straight to Theo. Um, and he gets to it, and Gabby seems to be frustrated by that. Gives him a little push. Yeah. And he, and he acts so surprised when the, when the ref um, got his cards out. They always do, don't they? Always like what me? But you, you're not going to change anything by your reaction. You might as well just go, all right, fair cop. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, Tim Walcott and Armstrong off for Redmond and Gineppo. I mean, Armstrong perhaps not at his best in the Arsenal game, um, but I wasn't against these changes. I thought Gineppo, he went over to the right, didn't he? Redmond went over to the left, um, and they switched that around after 10 minutes or so. But, um, you know, Theo and Armstrong did that on Sunday as well, didn't they? So lots of uh, versatility between them. Yeah, this is the rotation I expected, somewhere around a a one-minute game. You play in one game out of two, so you're you're coming on. If you you start, you play for 60 or so, and then you get subbed off for 30, and then in the next game uh, you'd be be rotated out. So you play one and two, which is completely respectable in that timeline. Uh, w- whether if you start it in the Arsenal game or start in the Man City game. So those two subs coming on, I liked it. That was the type of play that I wanted to see. Yeah, and I did like this. And I like to see that. I liked, I just like to see that it was Gineppo that came on, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, G- yeah. Yeah. so Gine- Gineppo coming on for that 30, especially when you need that extra goal. And especially with the red card, he is the right player to bring on at that Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. You do not have to worry. Uh, he, his goal is not to try to work about going backwards. You know, he, there, he's playing forward. He's always going to be looking to get the goal, to spark the creativity, or even just to provide a little dance in the corner that can allow people to get uh, bring the ball up a little bit more. Uh, or I'm sorry, for them to be able to run up a little bit more so that they can he can feed the ball to somebody else. So. That was what I wanted to see. I like that change, and I think that Gine- the Gineppo is that it factor in that situation is the right tr- is the right thing to do. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, Romeo picks out a lovely pass for Redmond at one point. I thought Redmond come on and, and, and did quite well actually, and he hit the bar, um, and then he had another effort which hit the side of the net, which made me cheer a little bit. I think I was the only one in the house that cheered because I'm an idiot. But um, it, you know, they started to create. They felt it was coming. Uh, Gineppo, Gineppo goes down in the box. Was that a penalty? You don't really know what a red card or you know or a yellow card is nowadays in the box. It's, there's so many different if thans and buts when it comes to it. I didn't think it was though. No, it wasn't for me either. L- lots of endeavour, but just not enough to come away with all the points in the end. Arsenal looked like they'd won though, didn't they? That you know the relief on Arteta's face at full time. I, I was I was disappointed with the outcome. I have to say, you know, we went top for a brief period, didn't we, after that Theo goal, and then third at full time. I just think, you know, with the possession, the way we played, the 10 men, there has never been a better time to break that poor record at Highbury and the Emirates. Yeah. But you know, we, it's, it's a point. Um, we, we were the worst worst team up until that red card um, in that second half, and they just seemed to completely collapse and switch. I mean, they were playing with just um, three defenders for until sure. they managed to get a substitute on. Um, why, why, we went for the jugular. And we were pushing them. You know, that goal was coming. It was coming. It was coming. And it didn't come. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been disappointed. 
I, yeah, exactly. And I, I just, I, it felt like a loss. But and it very well could have been at the end as well because of that, uh, that Rob Holding chance um, when he hits the bar from that free kick. Crazy, but... Yeah, so, I mean, equally Redmond hits the post as well, so... Sure. Right. But yeah, I mean, Tim, do we have any right to be disappointed with that? When when you get a red, the other team gets a red card and you have 30 minutes, you expect the expect expectation should be to get one more goal. Mm-hmm. So because of that, because they've been able to play, you know, play that down, of course, it's OK to feel disappointed. You know, if it if they didn't get a red card in this game, if they finished one one. Uh, that's exactly what I would have expected. It's actually what I predicted because it's exactly what I would have expected. Um, ultimately, you're going to feel let down because they had, you know, they had 10 men down. They had a takeout. It was, you know, Gabriel made a stupid play where he kicked the ball away to get the first yellow card when he shouldn't have. And then he makes the professional foul, which is the correct thing to do in that situation, but probably had a, you know, just a mind fuck where he thought, Oh, I didn't have a yellow card before, but then he did, and then he realized, oh wait, I'm I'm off, and it's a red card, and I and I just added to the issues that Arsenal has had all year. So to me, you go in 30 minutes, you need to be able to go and get that if it's against 10 men. Arsenal comes away and they think they won because they they did get the red card and they got the they got a result from it. And then also, if you couple that with the with the with the stats, like 65% possession, 13 shots to their nine, uh, three on target to their four. I am disappointed with it. I was. I was sad at the end of it. It's like the same with the City one. I just felt a little bit, oh, you know, it could have been so much more. Uh, that that was our chance. We we were probably going to lose this uh, game right up until that red card, in my opinion, and that just completely changed the momentum. Um, they were they were trying to protect that precious point that yeah. they were holding, and uh, yeah, it was pathetic. But everything we gave just wasn't enough, unfortunately. Yes. But still, this it's great that. A point at the Emirates, and we're disappointed by it. That's, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. It is. It is. In hindsight, I look back at it and think, yeah, point. Okay, a point at the Emirates is, is, is a great point. But just the whole situation, I just felt like it was a loss. You know, just disappointed. Uh, man of the match, then. Who wants to go first? Um, me. Theo, scoring against his old club and celebrating. Fair play. <laughs> yeah. I, I wanted to give it to Theo. I thought he played really, really well in that first half. Um Helped out defensively as well and, and scored that lovely goal, as you said. I thought about giving it to Shea, who I felt was a pest, quietly went about his business. Mm. A handful for Arsenal throughout. Um, and a lovely assist for Theo, which I don't think they you know, they spoke about enough. But yeah, well done, Tim, for bringing that up as well. I thought that was excellent. Um, I could quite easily have given it to Ward-Prowse, Romeo and Vestergaard, but I'm going to give it to Kai Walker-Peters. I mentioned in that Sheffield United game that he was brilliant in possession and he didn't get the credit for it, and it was the same again here. He rarely loses the ball. I thought he sorted Saka out for most part of the game. Uh, and defensively, I thought he was on the money. I've just been, you know, I've just been really, really impressed with him. So I'm going to give it to Kai Walker for you. So I will. I would have given it to Theo if he played the entire 90. Uh, he if he kept playing if he kept going the entire way that he was playing. Um, but because he got subbed out in the 60, 30 more minutes of impact, and that that means uh, Che Adams is the man of the match for me. Cool. Okay. I think that's fair. I was disappointed that he was subbed out. I thought, I thought he had a lot more to give. Still. I, I thought he was great. I, I did have him down, to be fair, as my man of the match. But yeah, then I changed it to Shea and then I changed it to Kyle Kirby. I struggled with it, to be honest, because everyone played well. I was really impressed with the way they played. Mm. As I was with the Man City game from Saturday. Going into this one, then, I'm beaten in three off the back of that 1-1 frustration at the Emirates. Uh, not a great record against City, though, as you'd imagine. Uh, well, we did win this fixture last season, back in July, though. But before that, you have to go back to 2016, 
and that ominous omen that Man City have won their last 11 away Premier League matches kicking off at 3 p.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> uh, and they've Who stayed... comes up with these fucking <laughs> statistics? I'm sorry. Me. Uh, and they've stayed, <laughs> they've stayed unbeaten on Saturday 3 p.m. kickoffs since September 2013. There's got to be something in that, right? They love a Saturday 3 p.m. kickoff, but they don't get beat. One clean sheet against City in our last 18 games, that being the 1-0 back in July. Um, but this season, yeah, it's funny, isn't it? For the first time in 2004, we enter a match against City being above them in the table. But like Arsenal, we just didn't have enough in the end. Uh, and we came out 1-0 losers. Goal from Raheem Sterling, I forgot then. 16 minutes. Uh, the 11 then. McCarthy, Walker-Peters, Bednarek, Vestergaard, Bertrand, Walcott, Ward-Prowse, Romeo, Gineppo, Adams, Ings. So that one change then was with Gineppo for Armstrong. Bench of Forster, Stephen, Salisu, Diallo, Redmond, Armstrong, Teller, Lulu, Long. Kevin, I'll start with you. Were you happy with that 11? Because, I, I mean, I mentioned in that game that I don't think Armstrong was particularly great against Arsenal, but I got I didn't expect him to be sitting out in this one. No, yeah, you never expect um, <clears throat> Armstrong to be left out of the lineup, but I suppose that shows, you know, one... There's quite a lot of competition for, for those positions on the wings. Um, yeah, just one performance is probably going to rest you. Maybe I didn't get the memo, but uh, nine subs. It is no, it is nine subs. So they voted on separately. They voted for the five five subs, and then they voted for the nine man bench. And they approved the nine man bench, but they didn't approve the the five subs. <laughs> what's, what's the fucking point? I actually like it. Just uh, give, it just gives you more options, doesn't it? Gives you yeah. more options. Uh. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> uh, Tim, your, your thoughts on the 11? So Armstrong not starting is what I thought should be done, is that if it, he started, he played the first 60, and he would be coming on in the, in the second half, especially if they need more of a defensive prowess, because with Gineppo starting, uh, I, I felt it was a little bit more of a, an attacking push than I would have preferred. I think DJ is gr- great with when it comes to being on the ball and his on-the-ball skills. I don't think he has the two-way play that somebody like Redmond has. Well, we saw that Redmond did not have the best of games. It's a matter of being able to um, have that two-way play. But either way, Gineppo started. I thought Armstrong would come on for at least a 30-minute, uh, 30-minute ca- I wouldn't say cameo, but a 30 minutes where he's playing the one game in two. Yeah, I guess it was just like this is how the game's going, and they felt that they, you know, they, that Armstrong couldn't offer us anything that we didn't have. But yeah, I, I was, I was holding on to that too. I, I was just feeling so bad after this one. It was just like I didn't move after the game had finished. I just sat there, just felt a little bit low just because of the effort that we put in and and City had to work incredibly hard for this victory and we can and, and should be proud of it I think because you know we got nothing to show for it and it feels unjust and, and slightly cruel I might just be being you know being a bit biased but if you put the games back to back this week right and then you realize we only took one point from it it doesn't seem fair because of the effort and the way that we play for it in, in these both games but you know, I'm, I'm proud of the team right now. I, I just think we lacked that individual spark, that one person that can step up and do something magical. Um, Kev, what's your assessment from that from that game? Um, it's a typical Saint City match, isn't it? That um, what do we lose? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I, I think I've got um, parallel narratives here. I mean, it was a kind of um, 
good performance despite losing uh, that we saw last season after a certain result and we had to play, play them back-to-back. Um, we came out looking quite good, especially defensively against a very strong team. And it's a, like just the complete reverse of the last time they came to St Mary's early goal and just protecting the lead despite constant barrages of attack from the other side. But yeah, this time it was it was us trying to overcome Man City's lead, not the other way around. But you've got to be happy with it, though, the way they played. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. I think yeah, Ralph, Ralph, Ralph said you know, he was happy with the performance, but um, yeah, you can't be happy with zero points, can you? Absolutely. Uh, Tim, disappointed? Sad? I guess disappointed. One of the th- I guess another thing I did notice is that the there was no fullbacks even on the nine-man bench. We didn't have Vulcans or we didn't have Valerie's backup. That's a clear sign to me that says Brandon Williams is the guy because he can play on the left. He can play. He's a right-footed uh, fullback, so he can play on the right. Um, and disappointed though going into it, I really felt that. They played really damn hard, but there's going to be these games where you're going to play against top opposition where you didn't sit back and you tried and you went for it and you just didn't get it. That's just going to be their day. Um, I felt, I wouldn't say comfortable. I'm not upset, but I'm kind of disappointed with how things went out. So, yeah, definitely disappointed. I mean, we'll chat chat the goal from Sterling first, and then I just want to highlight everything that we did in this game that was good because I'm in that sort of mood now. Um, the, I, I thought I found it really difficult to break, you know, to break through. Our high press seemed to be working, um, not allowing them to play their usual style. We forced them into a long ball from Edison. So the ball goes over, it falls to Bernardo Silva, who found Kevin De Bruyne, and the master creator that he is picks out the perfect pass. Sterling, who slots it away quite neatly, uh, 1-0, and that was it. But yeah, Kev, how did you see the goal? Yeah, it's unfortunate. Uh, it, yeah, like you said, Long ball's only re- really going to be the way that you, you beat the, the press like that and they've got a, a player with the distribution like like Edison. A ball falling to Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, but it just, it just all happened so quickly that um, we, we just couldn't deal with it. You know, just a quick one-two around us and then cut back to Sterling. And there's there's nothing that Mac can do about that at all. No, no, and you can't really point at anybody and say, well, you should have been doing that. It was just a good goal from City. Yeah, that's just a great play. Uh, Ederson just completely smashed the ball down the field. Uh, I know that Gineppo was playing high, so I I initially thought it was going to be on him, but Bertrand just got beat right off the ball. But the is Bernardo Silva sitting on the sitting on the halfway line, mm. and when Ederson just puts that ball over the top, Bertrand just takes a half second too slow, and then. Uh, be able to make the connections between the, the, the three, two, three, four passes eventually that made it all the way to Sterling. So that's just, it's just good. It's really good. It's really hard to go against, but even that half second step, I wouldn't even put that as a major issue. Best of God's pl- uh, playing them on the side. <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne has registered 15 assists in 2020 now. That's three more than any other player. It's just, we need something like that, I think. Well, I know we need something like that. But, I mean, after we went, we go a goal down, we continue to play well. Vestergaard again having a good game. You know, th- thinking he's Tom Brady, spraying his passes to the length of the field again. Uh, and the chances kept coming and the shots were piling up. So it was really good to see. And I thought that we were going to get something out of this game and we deserved to get something out of this game. Um, and then, Kevin, the, the first penalty claim 
Ings and, and Ruben Diaz collide. Ings going for it with his head. Diaz looking to hook the ball clear. There's a collision. Ings goes down. Is that a penalty for you? No, being honest. No, it's um, not a penalty. It, look, it looked clean enough to me. There's there's a collision, but it's football, right? You're going to collide with people, and it's it's not a. He's not impeding Ings from doing anything. Ings was still managed to get ahead on the ball. It's not a foul. No. Tim, did you see it differently? Yeah, I did. I thought it was because oh. he just took him out. Like he just took him out after the play. It just just because it's a it would be a foul outside of the box, which it definitely should have been. You could be like, oh, it's not a foul in the box because you know he's able to get the shot off. No, he still went through the guy. It's a foul. No, he took him out. I don't think there's enough contact there. I think. I think Diaz was looking at the ball, looking to hook the ball. He's a defender. He's got to do that. He can't just not do anything. He was trying to hook the ball clear. I don't think there was any... There was It was minimal contact. They both still did what they wanted to do. Whether he went through him, I don't think he went through him. I, I just... No, no penalty for me. I understand, I understand why, though. At least it's... I'm not upset at the idea that it's a complete farce and a terrible, like, call. I just recognize that I think it was. And okay. this is literally the first game... And I've watched probably maybe 20, 25, 30 games where Mike Dean's been the ref, where I physically just yelled at the TV and called him a wanker. <laughs> he was even the ref in the game that I was at with St. Mary's at, and I didn't think he was as bad as, the, as he was today. No, he was. He, he did have a poor game, and we'll come to that in a little bit. Um, so did he ever have a good one? Wow, well, I don't know. He's still, he's still, he's still there, isn't he? But uh, since going a goal down, Kev, we, we were by far the better team. The tempo was intense, and all seven shots at that point came when we were a goal down, and City had not attempted one since their goal. So this is great. You know, you go a goal down to a team like City, and you start taking it to them. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, we, we, we were just completely pushing them. But again, just like with Arsenal, um, end product wasn't quite there at all. Nope. Yeah, Gineppo outrunning himself constantly, like he... <laughs> loves to do but yeah I guess you're, you're going to mention the most worrying incident from the first half more worrying than the goal oh no I've got something else before that the the, the Romeo is customary card and, and manages to get Christmas off yes so five cards this season and now he's going to miss that Boxing Day clash with Fulham and Tim said hopefully maybe Diallo can get his first start so that would be nice but yeah Kev as you said the, the worrying moment 41 minutes in Ings goes down with his hammy Nathan Teller comes on but I think Tim had it right at the start, just you know, just a precaution. Tim, did you say that Ing said he wanted to come off? My belief is that because he went down, and it was the first time he went down, and within a couple minutes they knew they had a sub and ready to go, I believed he told the bench that he was not feeling the best or he felt like he's going to need a sub and he's going to try and push through until halftime or at least buy enough time for Tella or whomever the sub was going to be to get uh, to get going. You don't. You just go down like that, and then two minutes later, you know, less than uh, two minutes later, have someone spring right off the bench because not in the first half, everyone's in their warm-ups. They're not ready to go. Halftime. I mean, looking at the stats here, just edged on possession by 57%. Seven shots against their five, two each on target. It was a good first half. I mean, I thought Walcott was great. Full of beans, looking sharp again. Um, we could quite easily have been level going in uh, but, but the controversial moment that I want to talk about is like City fielding two goalkeepers in the second half I didn't realise that Sterling was, was so good with his hands <laughs> so right the corner comes in yeah it's kind of half cleared and it bounces off the arm of Sterling 
How and why is that not a penalty? In these correct laws of the game that we, you know, that, that, that we've seen lately, the, the, the new rules, these laws, we've been done up like a kipper. Sorry, uh, Tim, that's, um, we've been fucked. Gotcha. Thank you. Uh, I did not, I did, I did not know that. Have you never heard that expression? Done up like no, a kipper? No, I, I have not. Okay, sorry. We've seen those given. And yes. I, I screamed at, at real time. I thought, yeah, a handball. And then I saw, I saw the replay and I, God knows what I was looking at because I didn't think that was a penalty when I saw the replay. I thought, oh no, they've got it right. I don't know what I was looking at. I don't. I must not have been looking at the ball. I must have been looking at Sterling's hands because I didn't see the ball hit his arm. And I know I watched it again, and it's as plain as a Bulgarian pinup. You're gonna have to refresh me on that. I have no clue what that means. <laughs> it, it was a blatant penalty. It, it was the ball changed direction. It was a blatant penalty. There was no. I don't know. And I don't know what they were looking at at Stockley Park, whether they went to Mike Dean and said, look, you need to take a look at this, or why Mike Dean is not saying, oh, hang on a sec, I need to take a look at that again. It's right in front of him. I know. It's right in front of him. And I don't what kind of fucking butcher's diagram do they have in Stockley Park that says that it can hit the elbow and that's fine? But it's not fine because we've seen it. We've seen them given. That was my point. Yeah. So I don't know what, what, what are they doing? What are they, who has decided that that is not worth another look? Because they didn't even stop. They didn't even think about it, did they? Whether they looked at it or not, I don't know. If they did, it's even worse, surely. Yeah. I think, you know, yeah, we were rubbed. Done up like a kipper. Don't you think, Tim? Like Brighton were. Like, yeah. Like Dean's a wanker. Exactly. It's just, but, you know. It's, it's bad. Like we, this, that was, okay, in the context of it all, if you're thinking about it without the previous mindset of the other games that have happened the Premier League the last couple of years, if you saw that, I still think that'd be like really close, but definitely shouldn't be a penalty because it affects the run of play as it is. The ball hits his chest and then hits his, uh, hits his forearm. Um, sorry, not his forearm, his bicep, the tricep underneath his right side. And as it goes back, it affects the ability for um, the ball to play out of the box. Now, I'm always conscious of whether or not the handball is affecting any type of run of play, meaning that the, let's go back to the handball that we had against Tottenham, where it was we got it in the second. It was a 5-2 game earlier this year where the ball literally just hit the foot and it went up and hit the guy's arm. I didn't think that affected the run of play, whereas this did. And to yeah. me, that should have been it should have been a penalty. And at that point in time, I'm thinking we've gotten hosed on two penalties. Now, I think looking back on the original one with Ings, it makes sense that it wasn't necessarily one for in some context. But I still think it was. This one was just bad. Like we we get screwed out of one. And yeah, that's, the, the, that's the first team. one is, is subjective, right? You can have your own opinions whether it's right or wrong. But the second one, there is no arguing that it was a handball. The ball stopped, changed direction, and hit his, hit a part of his arm. It's ridiculous. Yeah, one of those things though that I didn't feel too bad about at the time because I still felt like we were going to get something out of this game, and I thought, yeah. Like I said, when I watched the replay of it, when I was watching the game, I don't know what I was looking at. Cause I thought, no, it's not a penalty. Get on with it. Looking back at the game afterwards, I'm just, I'm disgusted with it. Just like that's, it's those, it's those decisions, isn't it, that is going to hurt us? And it, and it did. It, it, it cost us a point. Yeah. But I mean, we, we kept going. Uh, Shay fighting with everything, you know, to put that header back across the goal, and then you know he hit the side netting. All us pretty much, I thought. Um, McCarthy had to make a brilliant save from Gundogan. That was fantastic, by the way. But, I mean, I think it showed Pep has got a lot of respect for, for Ralph and, and for this particular side. And you, you look at the way that City saw out this game, like running into the corner flag, and we, we made them do that. A team yeah. like, like the, the, they've got the ability to shut this game up in the first half, haven't they? 
but it shows how far we've we've, we've come now. And I, I just love the team. I just love it, right? I think everyone's Edison's doing getting booked for time wasting yeah. ten minutes from the end of the match exactly against us. That's definitely a compliment. Exactly. Pep's got some respect for him and everyone's doing their job for Ralph and there's just such a strong bond at the moment and I just thought we, we, we deserve something out of the game 1-0 loss first time we failed to score in a game since the opening fixture against Palace by the way it, it, it made me feel a bit blue afterwards I must admit um, but the, the stats Tim did you realise the XG was both 1.0 I did not mm, there we go uh, possession we had 48% uh, we had 9 shots to their 11 um, and we have three on target to their five. But Kev, I, I just think City had that little extra quality. And you look at the likes of De Bruyne and Sterling, and they can turn a game in a second, can't they? And that's what a hundred million pounds worth of talent on them two alone. Bring on Riyad Mahrez. And they can bring on Riyad Mahrez, exactly. They've <laughs> yeah. got they've got those individuals that we don't have. We have a, we have an incredible bit of team spirit. They've got their individuals that are worth hundreds of millions of pounds. So you look at that. 1-0 against them. Yeah, it's not it's not a terrible result because we played so well. I just think yeah. a little bit extra quality. I mean, you, you can't come out of it blaming a penalty decision against us for the loss. Um, that's not the way to go about things, is it? But, um, yeah, we, we, we didn't have the substitutes to turn it around and keep up that pressure that we were putting on them uh, towards the end of the first half. Um, we should have taken our chances when we did didn't pay for it. Redmond, I thought, was was, was poor. I mean, yeah, it gave the know, ball he, away a lot, didn't it? Ah, oh, it's just so frustrating, and you can you can tell that he feels it himself. But um, yeah, it's the usual what what everyone criticises Redmond for, just making silly decisions in the final third. Yeah, um, Tim, man of the match for you? Oh Redmond. man, just Vestergaard is he is the now the best player on our team this year. You know, you would think Danny was going to be walking into the park, and you would have thought Vestergaard would be booed off the boot off the pitch, but he's doing it. And you know, I, I Vestergaard has been doing it so consistently as well, which has been fantastic. There was a play um, outside of the gaff that they had in the seventy second minute, which I have in my notes here. It was like in the eightieth minute or so, or eighty, he just stood up against the guy and just basically he just. Picked the, I don't know, basically, it was a, cl- a collision on the left side there, try, like around the 82nd or 83rd minute, where he stood up and took the ball and was able to, and was just able to, you know, just manhandle him and get the ball away from him. Then, seeing all that though, I really liked KWP. So I think I'm going to go with Walker Peters because of the advancing runs. Uh, Vestergaard has been doing fantastic. He's been feeding Walker Peters on those diagonal balls consistently. So, but I think Walker Peters made enough of a difference going forward that there was enough chances there. Um, but it was splitting hairs. I'm going to go with KWP. Okay, that's cool. Um, I'm, I'm going to give it to Vestergaard. Um, I don't think he put a foot wrong, really. I just think constantly looking to open the fences up with his passing – he had the most touches again, uh, most completed passes, pass completion percentage, more carries than anybody else. And he's the, he's the quarterback, isn't he? I mean, he, he's fantastic. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. It's he just did, it's ridiculous. He did it's, tire towards the end a little bit, you could see. But then who didn't? It, it, uh, yeah, Vestergaard for me. Uh, well, OK. Yeah, I was in two minds about whether to give it to Vestergaard or Carl Cabinas. I've written down Carl Cabinas, so that's who I was going to give it to. Very impressive against a side like... 
Man City making those runs forward, but still not exposing yourself at the back. There, I mean, yeah. Over, overall, I think I, I, was, I was most impressed with him. It's, okay. the, it's the same names, isn't it, that are coming up? Resting yeah. Carlos Peters. Um, I mean, McCarthy had a few good saves, but I don't think enough enough to warrant the match. No. Romeo was great too. Uh, Walker, mm. it's the, the center four. I mean, Benaric was good. Walker, yeah. It's there's consistency here. Raven Cottage. Okay then, Fulham, fellas, on Boxing Day. <laughs> Fulham. I mean, they knew it was going to be tough, didn't they? I think all three of us had them relegated. Started to pick up their form a little bit. They've had crucial wins against West Brom and Leicester away. Picked up a point against Liverpool and Wednesday night against Brighton. And, they, and yesterday, of course, they picked up a very valuable point um, at St James's Park with 10 men. Still in that relegation zone, but in 18th and a point adrift from Burnley, I believe. Uh, a two-point cushion over 19th place West Brom. Uh, I think they're starting to turn it around. Of all the promoted teams, uh, they've been most impressive in the market. I think if you recall the last time they came up, they made a splash in the market and it didn't really work, did it? Um, but they've relied on loan deals, which is sensible. Of course, they got Lamina and, and Lookman, Loftus-Cheek. They bought Harrison Reed from us and Anthony Knockhart for £10.5 million. Uh, Mitrovic, still the main man. Top scorer in the lead. In the league, sorry, with two. Scott Parker's got a job on his hands, hasn't he? But don't know if they, don't know if they can survive the drop. I'm not too sure. But from our benefit, Kevin, have they got enough to frustrate and come away with points on Boxing Day? Uh, no. Being Ooh. brutally honest. Ooh, okay. They are scoring goals, but I just think the form we're in shouldn't be too much trouble for us. Shouldn't, but you never know. Tim, your thoughts and feelings towards Fulham. You, you must have a bit of a soft spot for them, right? Because of Tim Ream and the fact that you went to Craven Cottage the last time you were in the UK. I like the idea of Fulham, you know, when it comes to being a soft spot, they're owned by, they have an American owner. Like, it actually goes back to Clint Dempsey. So, and Landon Donovan spent a little time there, but mostly Clint Dempsey. And he, when he was, he was dominating, that's where that soft spot for a lot of American fans come in to Fulham. Uh, we like, uh, we like the idea, you know, the allure of Craven Cottage. There's a lot, just a lot of factors. So, I like the team. I'm not. It's one of my probably one of my f- more favorite teams on the def- definitely in England. Uh, I hope we smash them though, in which I th- expect we will. Hey, <laughs> but way, but Lamina, but Lamina won't be able to play unfortunately. No, because he's on lo- he's technically on loan. But we'll we'll see Harrison Reed, and I don't think he he can stand a chance. Yeah, against um Romeo, that'd be nice. Yeah, bang. Straight away. Uh, score predictions then. We'll go into it. And I think it's me to go first this time. Uh, I, I, I'm, I don't know about you, Kev, but I'm always worried about Boxing Day games. I know you said we're going to smash them and not going to be any, any problems, but we've seen down the years it can go horribly wrong. But it can go right as well at sometimes. And I think this is one of those occasions. So I wanted to go for a heavy Fulham defeat, but I'll refrain and I'll go for a 2-0 away win. I'm going to go for a 3-1 Saints win. I am going with a 2-1 win. 2-1 Fulham, yeah? That is, uh, no, well, Saints win. <laughs> right, okay. So now we go on to Wife Wars. Uh, Jammer is going for a 2-0 
Saints win. Um, Marina, Kevin, is going for... 2-1. 2-1. <laughs> yeah, okay. And Abby is going for... 2-0. So we're going to go over the results from the two games. Arsenal, Gemma went 2-2, Marina went 2-1, and Abby went 2-1. So that left the scores. Marina on 4, Gemma on 4, and Abby on 2. Then after the City game, Gemma went 3-0 City, Marina went 1-0 City, and Abby mm. went 2-1 City. So that leaves the scores now. Marina on 9 after getting a correct result, Gemma on 6, and Abby on 4, all to play for still. Right. She's doing better than I am with a 10-game <laughs> head start. <laughs> I know. Oh, she is. She is as well, yeah. Just well done. Listen to it for football predictions now. <laughs> uh, Kev, you're not going to like this. <laughs> Uh, me and Tim both went for 1-1 with Arsenal, um, and you went for a 1-0 Arsenal win. So four points to me and Tim, and nothing for you, Kevin. Sorry. Um, and then the City game, I went 2-1 City. Kevin, you went 1-1. <laughs> and Tim, you took 2-0 City. So two points for me and Tim. And again, Kev, nothing for you. I've gotten the wrong way around. I know. Um, overall, then, I'm in the lead with 26. Tim on 17. <laughs> And Kev on eight. So this is looking bleak. Very, very bleak. Mm. Um, Super six then. Uh, Round 21 was won by Bradley Lloyd with 16 points. Um, And Bradley Lloyd grabbed a two-point lead from Colin Carter on 173 points. Uh, Then round 22, Saturday, a three-way. Jason Lewis, Terry Lubbock and Stuart White with 11 points. And the overall lead is Bradley Lloyd still on 182. Uh, where are we now? Fantasy football. Uh, I'm having a shocker. Russian phrase, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so the Russian for race having a shocker would be... <laughs> you know, go on, Russian phrase. Uh, no, sorry, fantasy football. I, Tim, you're having a good week, right? Yeah, I had a fantastic week. It was like I used the triple captain on Salah, and that got me a decent amount. Mitrovic. From Matt Markstone is still top. Yeah, he's carving out quite a lead. He's I know. Points, but um, it hasn't updated. But that's yeah, he's not going to be disturbed at any time too soon. Uh, soon, yeah. I'm just um, on Ben Stanfield's shoulders at the bottom of the table. Just a shitter for me. I can't believe again, again. I forgot that because of the midweek fixtures, you've got to get them in. Yeah, the deadline, like yeah. Wednesday, haven't you? So I um, didn't do that. And uh, can I look at some of the shit that I had in there? Ziek, who's not been resuscitated yet. Um, Gabriel, <laughs> who was sent off. Yeah, uh, I saw that. I, did, I put that on the disc. still plays for Sheffield United uh, <laughs> and somehow still in my team. Unbelievable. And Hugo Lloris on the bench because, yeah, I like, I like keeping clean sheets on the bench. <laughs> Uh, Spurs and Leicester are playing right now, so I've got a lot riding on this. I've got my full quota of Spurs players, I believe, and I have Casper uh, Schmeichel in goal. So I've got a lot. I've got a lot going, still. And of course, I've got my full quota of United players, and they play Leeds uh, at the Salvo. So yeah, maybe it can get better. But Tim, yeah, good week for you. Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, 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 how many points did you get this week, Tim? Um, this past week, you mean? Let's take a look. Yeah, so we, game week 13. Yeah. Oh, no, it was game week 12 that I got 83. Was it? What were you game week yeah. 14 now? I thought it was this week. For some reason. We're on 14, mm-hmm. and I have five right now. Oh, no. Shit. You're doing yeah. worse than me. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have. I only have uh, 
I only well, it's literally it's just Tottenham playing right now. Zaha had two, and Leicester is playing right now. So I had nobody else who was playing. Okay. So one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven players who are still yet to even start or play yet. Oh, okay. Got well, if if um, if Son scores a hat trick, I think I'll be fine. Mm. If he doesn't, I'm fucked. <laughs> and I'm disappointed because in our in that number league. Uh, the big one. I, I, I've moved up from 69th from the table to 63rd, which I'm disappointed with. <laughs> I kind of like being 69th. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, although the table does say that uh, Tim, who's just uh, just above me, uh, with who dropped to go, still gives me a giggle. Um, <laughs> two points at saying you got. You must have more than that. Um, yeah, same top three as before. Mitrovic, uh, Puki, and taking that this from... Laura Marat Singh. Okay. Uh, Russian phrase, Kevin. Nie povizlo. Povizlo. Nie Nie povizlo. Yeah, we weren't lucky. Um, Let's give you the title of this episode then. Koshmar Pered Rajdistvom. Koshmar Pered Rajdistvom. Yeah, it's the nightmare before Christmas. Koshmar Pered Rajdistvom. Kardmash Brank Paris Brank Brank Mine was better than that, surely. Koshmar Pered Rajdistmar. Koshmar Pered Rajdistmar. Koshmar Pered Rajdistmar. There we go. Right, okay, we'll be back next week with our 100th episode mixed with Christmas special, and we'll be answering 100 questions. Uh, that will be available for your ears on Christmas Eve, a nice early Christmas present for you all. Um, and episode 101 will be without the Moscow Mercenaries. You'll be globetrotting. Yep. Um, so it'll just be me and you, Tim. Uh, okay. After which, ITN will take a tiny break into the new year until the Moscow Mush is back with us. But fear not, we'll get you covered on everything you've missed. So remember, Christmas Eve, episode 100, and episode 101 will be out on Monday the 28th. So until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. going to give you to the count of 10 to get your ugly yellow no good keister off my property before i pump your guts full of lead keep the change you filthy animal sports social podcast network